welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I am your host, Tammy Riley, and today we are chatting with Rob Dextrader. He is one of my nephews, my oldest nephew. Uh, It's so incredible to have this time with him. You know, our family is our family and we know them and we're close, but we don't. And Rob and I talked about this. We don't get a lot of one-on-one time with each other. So this was such a special episode for me getting to have this conversation and this time with him. And he's so genuine and he really um, has brought a lot to the table today. We get a little spiritual, so I'm calling this the spiritual side of self-care. But really, you know, he's very poignant in his conversation about present moment. And I think you're going to enjoy uh, where we head. So stay tuned for this week's episode. Grab a cup, something to sip on, and listen in. Right, so welcome today. We have the pleasure of you getting to meet my nephew, one of my oldest nephews. I think you are the oldest, right, Rob? Even on both sides. This is Robert Dextrader. Now, Rob, I have to ask you because usually I call you Robbie, that's how you grew up, but do you use Rob? Do you use Robbie? Do you use Robert? Man, to be honest with you, (laughs) I go by all kinds of names. Rob is probably the most normal, I would say. That's, That's totally what you fair. Okay, so we're aside yeah. from the fact that you're my nephew and I could give you all kinds of, you know, family nicknames and yada yada, I will be professional, so I will refer to you as Rob. Um, but Sounds you still good. can call me Auntie Tam, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's it's really fun. I love getting to have these conversations with people I know, but it's really fun with family. I've done a few and for you in particular because you are one of the cousins that do not live in Connecticut I so I don't get to see you as often and even um you know as your adult life you've been on the road and moving around from Boston to Cali now you're in Florida so I I am selfishly enjoying this because I get to (laughs) know you in a different way or a little bit more so thank you for your willingness to be on of course I'm excited it should be a lot of fun (laughs) All right. So first off, please just tell our listeners a little bit about you because I only gave them a name and that, you know, you're my my uh, my nephew, but they don't know much about you. So anything at all that you would like to share about yourself, please. Sure. Yeah. So obviously um, me being your nephew kind of would allude to the idea that I lived in Connecticut growing up. So starting at the beginning, I grew up in Connecticut. went to college just outside of Boston at Bentley University. I was a collegiate athlete. I used to run distance cross country track. Um, From there, I studied business, uh, computer information systems specifically. So that kind of took me onto the road as a tech consultant for a while. I moved to Boston after college. That lasted about a year after that, out to California. I lived in California for about six years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> it really was six it years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> six years, yeah. Um, in the middle, well, somewhat in the middle of that, I stopped with tech consulting. Truth be told, I got fired. I actually wanted to get fired. It's a story with, if you ask my mom, I told her about a year before that I didn't want to work at the company anymore. <laughs> um, I then transitioned into doing work in uh, acting and modeling and trying to start a career in that. Um, in the middle of all that, I connected with a good friend of mine and was doing side work um, in some photo booth events. 
And over time, I didn't really want to go out to service those events anymore because I would literally bring the booth out um, and go to events and have fun with people. It was fun. The traveling and then bringing the booth and setting it up wasn't necessarily always as fun for me. Mm -hmm. But um, that turned into asking if there was any more business oriented work for the company that I could do so that I could even just sit at home and, and work and help grow the business that turned into really a real role with the company doing that. And now I actually run that company, which is called hipster, um, with my buddy, Mike, and we're just trying to really grow it and having a lot of fun doing it. Um, COVID happened and I kind of was living in California still. And uh, then I ended up actually luckily getting to spend some time home. Mm -hmm. I got st stuck at home in the middle of that COVID happened and then my mom locked the door so I couldn't leave. <laughs> my moms did that, I heard, because I feel like I did the same for Savannah. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool. I, I would have never thought I would have ended up home again and then ended up home for months, which was pretty awesome. Um, and then uh, I told my buddy Mike that I would come down to Florida. And at that point, it just made sense to move to Florida. We we're doing a lot of work together. And uh, he has a, a house here, which I'm sitting in right now. And he was like, you can come stay with me and we can we can do this, make it easy. And so uh, that's where I'm at now and running the company. And yeah. That's, I guess that's a good intro of who I am and where I am and why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Like, I, I love that um, spirit and I guess that quality that you have of, you know, you see an opportunity and just take a chance, right? You don't know, like, whatever, I'll try Cali for a while, see what happens. And just the commitment in the acting modeling world, you have to be open and flexible in that way, I think, because it's... God, it's not easy. You know, it's as you know, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> but I think, yeah, well, not still in it. So it's evident. Well, I, I have uh, agents at least still, so I get jobs here and there. But yeah, hey, you got to yeah. always, if somebody makes the call, you have to be on that plane. Yeah, I've had a couple of calls and I've flown out to California since I've moved to Florida, actually, which has been pretty cool. It's fun to, to go out there and spend some time. I love California. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's a little more expensive than I want it to be. And yeah, I just see it as probably something that I could go back to in the future. I become wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's about living the lifestyle that you want to live. Right. And it's really hard to be in a place where you're literally just trying to, you know, pay for the roof over your head and you don't have the life that you envisioned, especially when you're in your tech job and, you know, you're making really good money and you get, a little spoiled uh and then it's hard to go back yeah. you know for all of us yep they call those the golden handcuffs <laughs> and I've, I've experienced what it is because i went from doing that to working in acting and modeling and you know i was really just trying to launch a career i had no basis for that so it's not like i just turned around and was able to recreate the salary that i had not even mm -hmm. ever remotely close and and truthfully i ended up pretty broke but I was happy. Right. I was so happy. And it was such a difference. And like, man, the clarity that I got in my life from that was wild because I, I had decent amount of money working in tech and then stopped. And then 
I was just trying to make sure I could pay my rent and eat. But what I was doing was giving me life and it was so interesting. But it was, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from those six years in California. I have all kinds of stories and experiences and met <laughs> so many people and I really do love it. It's just, I've just decided now, literally until I get a lot of money, I can't really live there. I'll visit, but um, yeah, now the goal is to get a lot of money, I guess, <laughs> so we could do whatever I want. <laughs> I wish you could have both pieces. You can have the happiness and then live in the place that makes you a little happier. But I, you know, in so many ways, I mean, you're, on, you're only 30. So to have already <laughs> had that whole experience of having that job that we all think we want right out of school, right? That's the job that's giving you money. You're on a track, you're at a big company. You were like, that was it. That was life. But the realization early that you weren't your happiest, that it wasn't really fulfilling enough. And then to be okay with literally being broke the other end and noticing, I think some of those lessons are things that take people a lifetime. Yeah. I'm incredibly thankful for it. It's something that, you know, people may come to me and say, like, I've had friends say, like, how did you get so wise? Like, you, you, you walked away and you came back and all of a sudden you have all these lessons. And I'm just try I just like to share the things that I learn. Uh, so I don't, I don't claim to be wise <laughs> by any stretch. But they're like, how did you do that? I was like, well, I lived, I actually really did a lot of living. And it was amazing and terrifying and painful and blissful it was all of it so I I just I got to experience it and you know it's one of those things where I think sometimes people see how you come out the other end and go wow like that must have been awesome and it's like no like right. I went through sometimes I felt like I was walking through the fire of hell like in all honesty Aww. like I couldn't even sleep sometimes I was waking up deep sweats like wow am I gonna be able to pay my rent this month and I just I didn't see any other way. So I had, I had to push through it. I just had to. <laughs> and that's so true, right? People always see the end result, right? And they see you happy, you know, thriving now and, and, but they don't realize all of the steps along the way that it, that it takes. It's, you know, it, it's, we could say that for anything, right? We only see what we want to see on the out, on the outside. But I think too, for you to share your story with, your peers, right, who are your age, who may also too not be the happiest, but it's takes a lot of courage to walk through the fire of hell, so to speak. And, you know, to, to hear the lessons from somebody who's done it before, like every little bit helps, it gives them confidence and, you know, shows them that it is possible. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I've started to be more open about is sharing my story, because I felt like, probably when I was going through it that I would be judged, but it was funny how no one could tell either because I wasn't willing to say anything. And it's funny as if my mom hears there, if she hears this, she's like, you should have asked, why didn't you do this? Like, like, yeah, but I had $7 in my bank account. Like that literally $7, like, yeah, I had maybe some sort of stuff saved, but I was trying to make sure i like, I didn't touch it. Although really like I had nothing to my name, but um you just ha you have to push through it and i i feel now i gain confidence in sharing my story as well so it feels really cool to give other people confidence and also gain it mm. 
at the same time it's like very mutually beneficial i think and i'm i'm learning to let go and share that so that we can all get better because truthfully that's how i've always felt even back when um i could use a more tangible example for this actually you know people see how you come out the other end i i ran and everybody just saw like how well i did no one saw the miles that i ran i would i for like a better part of eight years i ran almost every single day outside of when i got injured or i took a week off once you, twice you like ran to thanksgiving dinner one day or something <laughs> yeah, it was crazy i at july 4th i would always run to auntie okay. kathy's house which was like a, 11 miles from my house i love that run by the way it's a great run that that became like an average run for me in college but you know you don't see that right. and i even i feel like wow and what I wanted to do with that too was I always just wanted to be, I, I'm not always the best with words. So I always just want to be an example. Mm -hmm. Like I also don't always feel that comfortable with leading. So my solution to that in my life has always been be an example because I want to see people get better. Also, when I use words, sometimes people don't listen, which I totally understand. I can't always hear the words other people are saying either, <laughs> but I just want to be that. So it's like, um, I'm just trying to really embrace that. And even as a captain on teams, I just, I was, I wasn't going to tell you how to live your life or how to do anything, but I was going to show you what I was doing and hopefully you saw it and you understood. And I, I kind of like that for my life because sometimes the words don't always land and I'm okay with that. I never used to be, I'm starting to wrap my head around it and, and be comfortable with it. And I, think, <laughs> I think that too, to that point, we think that leader leadership or leading is one way, right? Because I tell you, or because I have the story, but you're so right that like just the way you've lived and the process that is, that is the story and you don't need to have words. So in that case, like less is more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I think I, it's fun. <laughs> I have to ask you though, with all of this and sharing the story, because um, I have had Savannah on my podcast, so people know my daughter, Savannah, so people know a little bit, but she was in the same field, like you both worked for the same company and she too yeah. was not happy, right? So was she calling you saying, what do I do? How do I get out? Were you able to, you know, help her a little bit through that situation, having been there before and knowing that what you think right when you get out of college isn't always the right thing for you? Yeah, um, it's funny you ask about that because I kind of was somewhat involved through a lot of the process like mm -hmm. even as Savannah started to apply and right. wanted to apply to the job um, I was working with her on a resume and um, then she got the job which was awesome and um, she did come to me actually when she started to feel kind of the same thing and ask, start to ask me questions about how I felt about it. Why did I feel the way that I felt? And, um, it was, it was fun. Actually, we, we spent time talking about that and she even, um, she spent time with me in LA, yeah. uh, which was really cool. Um, that was actually a really fun, I guess it was a weekend where we, we were just hanging out and spending time together. And, you know, we finally, both of us adults, and <laughs> a lot of times we have a great family. We spend a lot of time together. We don't always necessarily spend individual time. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for it. Like even time that you and I have spent when you were out in LA and we got yes. to go, 
Yeah, that was a great time. Oh my God, that was such a great day. I feel like anyone who goes to visit and gets that, you're so right. We don't get the one-on-one and it's so much fun. It is. It really is because we get to go deeper. Not that we can't, but you know, everybody likes to talk in our family. So we'll, we'll be sitting around a table and then it's everybody having a conversation. But, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for that because I love being around our family and I love having such a large family, but there's also the other side of it of, you know, I can't really get to hear what you think in a conversation as an example, when we're having one. Um, And we all live so, you know, relatively different lives. So we have a lot to share, I think. So absolutely. Yeah, so spending that time with Savannah was awesome. Um, And we really did kind of just talk through what she was thinking, why. And she kind of also fell into the same thing that I did, which was, and you can ask my buddy Mike this, he was incredibly helpful for me um, during this process when I was trying to figure out what, what do I do next? Like, I was stuck thinking, I don't know what I'm good at. Right. I'm here and I followed this whole path my whole life and I've always, you know, kind of just fallen into the next thing. It always felt like fall into the next thing and then just do it, try and do it well and fall into the next thing. And my thought was, what am, what am I good at? I used to just say, I think I'm just good at being around people and making them feel comfortable and talking with them. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty relational, but I don't know how that really works. But what do I do for a job to make money? No one, no one pays you to be their friend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe some people do, but (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been so fortunate, Uh, (laughs) but yeah. uh, So I was in that spot and because I'd been there, Savannah was sharing kind of a similar thing. She's like, what, what can I do? Right. And it, it was just fun to explore that and talk through that with her and have my experience, which was like, I, I told her that I, I tend to really just go with the flow and see what's in front of me and try to go from there. And um, I actually, when I was still working at the tech company, I, I would spend time when I wasn't on projects, working on projects, short films and stuff with my friends and started to just get pulled in. And all the people that were around me at that time were doing that. And so I just encouraged savannah to to really just be present and think about what's around you what feels good like what what do you feel pulled towards at all um and i don't know it's it's hard to say because i i never really want to tell anyone to do anything but i just tried to share that with her because i think she and i are also really similar in that regard where you know we meet people well we connect with people we're both kind of I mean, we're both Gemini's, I think, which I don't know if <laughs> yeah. anyone takes any stock in that. I kind of see it. So I don't know if it's that's who I am. And since that's how they describe me, I'm like, yes, or if right. that's why I am like that. Um, but yeah, so it was pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm happy to see her continue to move forward and still have those kinds of conversations, actually, I think. Um, after, I don't know if hopefully she doesn't care that I share this. This isn't really anything super private, but after. She's open. She's um, very open. You know that. (laughs) Yeah. After Ellis's wedding and she, she did the whole speech and everything. She texted me and she's like, is there a way that I can do like speeches? People pay me to do speeches. (laughs) Yeah. She's good at it. 
She is. She's great. And uh, I said, of course, like one, yes, without question. There's people will pay other people to come and give motivational speeches. I don't know if I said this to her at the time, but they used to have people like that come to our conferences at Deloitte even. And, you know, they would get paid to be there. Um, I just said, yes, you can. The only thing is, uh, if you really want to get paid for that, you have to brand yourself. You have to make a name for yourself or you have to show some sort of proficiency in life. Unfortunately, there's a scenario that I think probably most of us run into if we ever really want to do anything large or outside of ourselves. That is the world in the way that we operate in our culture really does want to see if you're capable of doing something or if you've been successful before you can speak on any sort of anything really. And it's something me and my, my buddy Mike talk about too, which is like, we really need to crush this business. So we have something to point at to say, this was years. This is what we did. This is how we did it. And this shows we know how to play this game in this world that we live in. Um, so I just encourage her. I said, it's awesome that you have this thought and that you, you have this talent and it's, you know, now you got to find the, the how right. you, and you find what it is you want to talk about. Cause I, even with acting and modeling, when I did it, it was like, I really needed to find a reason for it whenever I was doing it or else it still felt really empty and, mm. and not necessarily that exciting. Like, sure. Every shoot could be different, but if it wasn't anything interesting, I actually didn't fully enjoy it as much. Um, so I just, I just let her know that, you know, that you just got to add, add value, um, and really show what you can do first. Unfortunately, this, it's not something that we created. Uh, it's just what society has in front of us. We, we really operate in this. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Mindset. I love, <laughs> I love that though, because it's so true in anything we do. It's like chicken and the egg. Well, well, I know this is my calling and I know I'm good at it, but how do I prove to you? And you know, without that proof, you don't get the jobs, you don't get hired, you don't get the visibility. So it's like, how do you get to that point? So just to what you're speaking to you, you know, crushing it in the business that you have now, right? That, that really is what happens. You have to put in the time, unfortunately, in many ways. Um, I love though, that when you were telling the story, one of the pieces of advice that you said to her was just be present to what's around you. And I think that that sounds so simple, but at the same time is so profound because we are not good at that because of all Mm -hmm. the things that we've just talked about with the branding and the social media and the having to, we're not good at just being present. So I guess that kind of leads us into our real conversation here with self-talk. Like is, is that something that comes easy to you being present? Is that something you work on? Is that part of your, I guess, you know, mantra code of life? What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting question because it's something that I've, put a focus on let's see maybe not starting this year but last year Mm -hmm. um I would say so leading up to that I would say I actually naturally was gifted with the ability to do it really well Mm -hmm. which is why I just 
did what I did for so long and continued to find success in the path that I was following because I just followed it. The challenge with that is, or yeah, I think the challenge what ended up, the challenge that ended up coming from that was I wasn't aware that's what was happening. So I was present, but I didn't know that I was. So it was happening. So I was good. Like I was rolling. Sure, stuff would happen. But when I look back at the time before two years ago, I'll say New Year's Day two years ago, 2020. Yeah, 2020. I didn't know. After our predictions. We have, remember, family, we have a family. We have a family mission of we we write predictions on uh, New Year's Day. <laughs> Such a good, I love it. It they all tend to happen actually, in some degree. I feel like don't don't they? They do more than not. I think. All right. So yeah. New Year's Day. So leading up to that, I think, I just was. So I was like just chilling, pretty good and following the flow. And I didn't really have any, what honestly, any really miserable moments in my life when I look back. Then like leading up to this New Year's Day, I was going through a lot. Um, and I started to kind of really look at life in a more, I guess you would call it a spiritual way. And I started getting exposed to this idea of like meditating and awareness and all of this. And I think a lot. So I started to get wrapped up in this whole idea of like, am I being present? Does present mean no thoughts? What's going on? And I was doing a lot too. So I was working a lot on the the company Hipster. I also at the same time met a friend on a shoot and then he played music for me and then all of a sudden he was like hey will you help me like manage my career and i was stoked like i love music and i was like what the hell like let's do it you know uh let's just try it and so i would there was there was a stretch where i was wake up at seven in the morning work on hipster we were so we were building out a whole new business model where we came to it. We, we thought this is really going to work. We can make the company more profitable. I was doing that seven to seven. I'd go like <laughs> maybe an hour in between some sort of break. And then I'd go and with my buddy and go to the studio and stay at the studio until like seven in the morning Oh my like, God. or like four in the morning. Robert. And then I'd go home <laughs> and I'd sleep. I would sleep three hours, wake up without an alarm clock, fired up, like stoked. It it was crazy. I had no idea. I had more energy than I've ever had in my entire life. It was so wild. And so I'm doing all these things and I'm focusing on all this awareness and this, that, and the other thing. And like, it just, over time, it just ruined me actually. So it went really amazing to really, wow, what am I doing with my life? I started to feel like pretty depressed, I would say, to be honest. And I didn't know what to do. So I was really trying to work through this spiritual side of things and listen to all kinds of books, like the power of now Eckhart Tully manifest. What man just manifest now? I don't remember. No power. Yeah, I know power of now. I think it is. 
I could look at my Audible, but it's sitting on my uh, nightstand. Is it? Yeah. It's good stuff. So I started to go down this path, and I didn't know what I didn't know what to make of it. And then now we're at New Year's Day, 2020, and I'm in the middle of all this, and I'm sitting with um, a bunch of people. I used to go to a. Uh, it's actually like um. It's kind of like a dispensary and a lounge. Yeah. Um, and it's on Melrose and it kind of is like a, the whole idea was like you would use cannabis to like make yourself better and to be better for yourself and for other people. So you could go out in the world and, and do your thing. Right. So we, we would go on Sundays and just meet with a bunch of just like-minded people and just talk about a lot of spiritual things, which is super interesting, right? So now we get to, it's New Year's Day and we're all talking and someone decides that we should go around the room and say, like, what is our New Year's resolution? And I'm sitting there like, this is not the answer. This is not the question I want to answer right now. Like, I have no idea what this is. I'm, my mind is blank. I can't make anything happen and i'm just like what is going on i'm gonna have to say something you know like everybody's gonna say something and as i'm listening it's going around the room and everybody is saying their what what they want to do in their life and all of them like yeah that sounds great and yeah that sounds great and yeah that sounds great and to be honest i found like a little bit of myself and all of them obviously sometimes a little more specific but a lot of them were pretty exciting. I was like, this is really cool. And I realized it was, it was getting closer to me, but I didn't, I, at that point I was just listening and I'd forgotten that I needed to figure out what I was going to say. And so it, all of a sudden it was my turn. And it, I literally realized as it was my turn that my goal for the year was just to be present mm. because everything that I needed was right there. And I said, I was sitting here trying to think of what I needed to say to all of you, what I needed for myself. And as you've all said it, I realized I don't need to do it. <laughs> I just need to be where I am. I just need to be present with who I am, what I'm doing. And yeah, so I think that was kind of a turning point. But to answer your question, it's definitely something I focus on, but I found such better balance with it because at first I thought being present meant no thoughts. But the mm. problem with that for me is I think a lot <laughs> or at we least, I, yeah. And it's, it's crazy. But the other thing is trying to distinguish between thoughts that are your thoughts and thoughts that are being handed to you mm -hmm. from something else, whatever anyone wants to call it. Or if you don't believe in it, I guess I'm sorry. I, I believe there's something else out there. And um, being present is, to me, what helps me understand whether it's me trying too hard <laughs> or if it's a thought that I'm being handed so that I can actually do something with it and it's in line with who I am I and, and what I want. I love that, too, because for so many of us, you know, I talk a lot about that in the work that I do, right? Being fully present. Mm. But oftentimes it's not necessarily about to listen to the voices or to decide the reality or where it is. 
it's more just about the observation, right? So I'll even say like the non-judgment or the non-attachment to everything and the really seeing because, you know, we go through life and we don't see a lot and and there's a lot happening around us. We don't hear it. You said this earlier, uh, you know, are, are you are they listening to me? People don't really listen when they ask, right? So people don't really listen. We don't really see. So essentially, you know, we're like blinders and we're deaf and we're not fully present to what's happening. So I love, though, this perspective on it and the inner voice. And, and this, I guess I'm going to say more like the story you've heard about it. And is it your own story or the story someone's given you? Yeah, it's so interesting. I, it, It's been a lot of fun. It's also been really terrifying going through all of it, to be honest. Mm. But I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, there's... I think the world that we live in, and I, I make this distinction a lot, <laughs> which I don't know if it'll resonate with anyone, but I talk about the man-made world and like the real world okay. as two separate entities. Uh -huh. Like to me, the man-made world that we live in, it really does foster this world in which it encourages people to think a lot and make sure everything is extremely logical and that everything a plus b equals c you know there are laws to all this and i'm not saying i don't I believe in any of that i think a lot of it makes a lot of sense it's very helpful but i think the other side of it for me and what i've am thankful for about kind of the whole spiritual thing in that world is there's so much moving that we can't control mm -hmm. and so many things that need to line up for things for us to happen. Like if we want a certain thing um, for us to be able to see it in our lives, it, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this. I do this, but I'm like, I'm calculating. I'm like, there's just no way the math doesn't add up. I, <laughs> I need this person to show up at this time and this and that. And the other thing, it's like, what are the odds that all of this even happened? Yeah. And, and it, to does. Me, it gives credence. Yeah. And it does. it does. Yeah. And to me, it gives credence to, to not feeling so much of a grasp on, on life. And, you know, I relate that, that to thoughts too, where, you know, you don't really, don't worry about it so much, you know, you kind of need to, to work towards letting go and just like trusting that something is out there and that this is for you <laughs> and not against you. And that's really yeah. hard. That's really hard. I <laughs> hit on the point, right. Of straddling for most of us, straddling the two worlds. We need, we need the laws. We know, as you alluded to, we are logical people and there are things that do make sense out there. But at the same time, we also have to realize that there is just so much that is way beyond our control, the simple things and also the, the bigger, more, you know, esoteric or spiritual things. And you, you do have to have some, some faith. I'm going to say that, you know, it's, and it's okay. And straddling those two is not easy. Gosh, that is not easy, but I think it's healthier than the black and white version, right? Which is where you're all in one or all in the other, which is a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think for people who this may be new to as well, like one thing that really helped me in this was actually trying to calculate how it was going to happen. And then realizing like, 
oh, there are so many things I cannot control. And it doesn't mean that I shouldn't do my job and be out here trying to do the things I want to do and putting in the work. Because if I don't do that and I just sit here dreaming, nothing's going to happen. But you got to also see that, you know, it's <laughs> there are just too many things that need to happen for the thing that you're the specific thing that you're dreaming for is going to show up in your life. And I think that's kind of dovetails well with the piece of being present because when you are present you can be now searching for that thing that you're looking for actually searching for it because odds are it's gonna show up in your life in a way that looks nothing like how you pictured it in a time frame that you couldn't have calculated and you know, I want, like, for me, I want to encourage myself, I want to encourage other people to be open to the possibility that the thing you want looks nothing like it. And that if you really want it, you can believe that it will happen without seeing it exactly like that. Like, yeah, it's, I, was... I don't know, it's magical when you start to do it, because then you're like, wow, it's really happening. And you're, you're looking for these little hints and clues instead of like, oh, I want to drive that car and have this house in this town at this time. It's like, all right, man, like you can have that if you really want it, but it's going to be really hard <laughs> to get it like that. <laughs> I, I love this, though, because it is we have this clear vision in our head of what it looks like, you know, insert whatever, whatever it is. And then, you know, in in that realization or oftentimes for many of us, when we look back, like you're saying, which is really cool to see at present moment. I know for like me, a lot of times it's looking back and being like, Oh, that was what I wanted. It just didn't look the way I thought it would. And I didn't notice it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really powerful way to do it too. I do. I do the same thing. Just like you said, I, I went to where I wanted to go to college because I wanted to run a business. It took me eight years, nine years to get to where I am now running a business and all sorts of dips, dives, and turns, but now I'm here. So cool though, right? I wanted to run a run, run a running store and sell (laughs) shoes. I have no interest in that now anymore. (laughs) You did have a fabulous shoe collection back in the day. I still have some (laughs) sitting in my closet right here. Shrack spikes. I have no use for these, but they're sitting right here. Yeah. You could do laps around your pool. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. I love this. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, okay, so I have to ask a couple of things that you've brought out. Now, first of all, we have a 30-something hipster guy out here in a hipster's your company, but I'm also going to like, you know, say to you a hipster. And <laughs> you, you know, you are an entrepreneur. You have a lot of things going on. And you already talked about that crazy period where you were working for the company, taking literally a few-minute break, working for this other thing, barely sleeping, and, and that was not working, right? That wasn't sustainable. So how are you finding, I guess – balance now with your own self-care because what you know other than the conversation that we've been having about being present which is super cool that's that's one piece but there's lots of other things that you need to do to make you whole and move forward and healthy so how are you finding that balance as your own boss and doing everything wherever you are remotely all the time because I know even when you come to visit in Connecticut you're like I have a meeting right that's just the way it works um, yeah. and, and, you know, and care for yourself at the same time. And what does that look like? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, I will, I do actually, I wrote one thing for this podcast actually, because you mentioned in the only real prompt I had was you said it's, we're going to talk about self-care. Yes. (laughs) So I was sitting and I had just had the realization. I was like, Oh, I want to, what is it? What is self-care? Like, what is my definition of self-care? So I actually wanted to share my definition of it that I just wrote this morning. (laughs) Please please do, because it is. I love that. It is 100% different for each and every one of us. Yeah. So my definition of self-care is finding and working on the balance in your life of what brings you joy, keeps you healthy, and helps you grow. Mm. Yeah, I like that. And so um, how do you do that? Like, how, what are what are what practices do you have in place, or how do you know that that's happening for you? Yeah, um, I have a few different practices. Specifically, one thing that has really helped me in my life overall is meditating. It's something that, um, as I alluded to before, with all these thoughts and you know trying to understand what that meant. Um, meditation was something that was not easy at at the start. Um, but I've since now having done it for years, I guess, wow. Um, have learned to find what that means for me. And I think it can mean different things for different people. And I I would encourage people to try and define it for themselves as well. There are definitely principles in it, but the main thing for me and I shared this with my mom too, because she and I are very similar in this regard. And you alluded to it earlier. It's becoming the observer. So it's not not having thoughts, but not playing with them, letting them happen and seeing the train of thought and seeing where you are. I think I used to have this understanding or belief, I would say, not an understanding. I didn't understand it. I had this belief that it was just no thoughts. And so when I had them, I thought it was bad. And instead of doing that, I would just start to watch them and see and, you know, the kind of not, not judge and actually use it as a way to check in with myself instead of thinking, I just need to be in bliss mode. Here I am. I'm fully blissed out. This feels incredible. It's more like, no, where am I today? What is my, what are my thoughts? You know, because... I've started to tap into more lately that they're really not mine. They're, you know, my subconscious mind maybe, or, you know, I'm just getting handed these things, but I can't tell unless I watch and observe. So I'm, I've now fallen into meditating. I like to meditate in the morning, preferably before I've done too much. Um, I also, if I'm not too tired, by the time I go to sleep at night, I'm uh, pretty tired. I'm falling asleep, but sometimes I'll also meditate at night before I go to bed and meditating is great. (laughs) I love the way you describe that though, because it is, you know, as a person that, that works with a lot of others and we talk about, you know, trying to have a meditation practice and the benefits and that's what everyone says, but my mind won't stop. The thoughts are there. Yes, because that is the job of your brain and it's always going to have thoughts and it's very hard, but it's that detachment, that very specific thing or that ability to even recognize in that moment that you've totally derailed and you're on a different train and that you've got to come back. And that's, that's the practice. So 
uh, yeah, and it takes a long time to not beat yourself up and to say, I'm not good at it. This isn't working. Um, you know, as a former athlete, and I'll say, you know, you probably still have a, it's practice, right? Everything we do. As a matter of fact, the, the podcast episode last week was with a sports psychologist. We talk about athletes having a practice and having a practice, but we also forget that every single thing we do in our life is a practice, is a practice. All of it. All of 100%. it. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, love- I've been focusing on that word a lot too with practice. Yeah, because I don't want to derail us here, but one of the things I've been really fired up about lately is um, I watched a podcast and it's a doctor. His name's Dr. Andrew Huberman. He works at Stanford and he's a, I believe, neurobiologist. He did a podcast about dopamine and how the dopamine, how the molecule dopamine works and how it works in our body and and how we can better understand it so we can use it and i'm not going to go deep into it because i don't want to derail us and take us down that path i i think anyone who's interested and if that just sparked you know a little flame inside of you go and listen to this because it's incredible um he talks about how the molecule and your your reaction to it too is a, a subjective thing and we get to choose how our body produces dopamine because of the way that we perceive our life. Mm. And a lot of us will look at a goal and say, when I get that, I'm going to feel good. What he mentioned and what he talked about as a way to really focus on changing this and use it in a way that's really beneficial is to start to crave the craving or enjoy the practice or enjoy the doing yeah. because you, you, you will get these dopamine hits. I'll use a term that is kind of dated, but I think a lot of people will probably connect with when you're just looking for the goal, the goal, the goal. And you know, the, the crazy thing about the system and what he goes into is that after every increase, there is a, a resulting decrease. It is unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you're only ever going for these goals, you're just, you're deciding to ride this roller coaster as opposed to finding the joy in what you're doing in the practice of what you're doing Mm -hmm. every time you get to do it, which allows you to kind of balance out your levels and not always just be spiking them. Um, also helps you increase your baseline dopamine level, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm trying not to go too deep into that, but it was, it's <laughs> really fun. That. No, but I think to me, as I hear you say that, it gives the science behind the statement that we all know, like take the time to stop and smell the flowers, right? So we're always in such a rush and we're going to the, get to the top of the hill, get to this end result. And we know because we hear anecdotally these terms like enjoy the ride. And da, da. so that's the science of it right there is what you just described. And the why, the why, you know, not only because we want to be in the moment, but chemically, scientifically, right? Neuro, neuroscience, why we should. So I love that. If you're a person that says that, then this is going to be a podcast that gives a little oomph uh, to, to all the things you've been preaching. I know it's one of the things that I talk about a lot. So I'm going to listen in. <laughs> yeah, it helps me a lot because I, like you said, those phrases are wonderful, but not always the most tangible. Right. Right. Of course, enjoy it. But 
I'm working right now and it's miserable and I feel terrible. It's like, exactly. yeah, but okay. How do you find a way to enjoy that? Like I've since, because of this, look at moments like that and think, okay, I need to find the joy in this. So what is it? Or what am I working towards? Or like, what is this making me better at in the moment? Not in the future, but right now. What is, am I becoming more determined? Am I learning how to be more determined? Am I learning a skill right now that's hard? And so it feels painful, but, you know, am I getting better at it in this moment? And that's been really helpful because if you're going to ride this wave, you, you know, there is no only good, only bad. I actually had this thought yesterday. I'm curious what you think about it. I saw, I was just, I think I was riding my skateboard and I just saw a lady walk by and she had a shirt on and said happiness. And I was like, that's a cool shirt. I wonder what she thinks about that. Or like, why does she have this shirt? But then my mind quickly turned to, wait a second. If we're focusing on happiness all the time, are we setting ourselves up to think whenever we aren't happy that our life, our lives aren't going well or we're not where we're supposed to be? And I think, you know, getting good at practice and getting good at all these types of things kind of really points me in this direction of, I think even using the word happiness is really dangerous standard to set. And I, I, want to and i'm trying i'm now going to try and implement this in my life but i the, the term that came to my mind was calling it the isness the is living living in it all because you need it all and it all cannot you cannot avoid the negative you you can't avoid the positive even if you're a negative person you love being negative you're not you can't avoid being happy but happiness is one side of our life. It's arguably 50%. And so why do we always focus on that? Why can't we focus on, you know, being thankful in those moments that really hurt because we know we're going to get to be happy at some point or something like that. So I, I just, I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> saying. So it's the yin and yang of the universe, right? We wouldn't know happiness if we didn't have the other piece, right? So it really does. And, and within, yeah. And within the side, you know, when you look at the little symbol, the little dollop in between, as we know, as happy as we are, there's still that seed of darkness inside, whatever that is. And we do, yeah. we do put this ultimate happiness on a pedestal and that it's the only way to live. But I think you have a point, like we want to strive for that. We want to have more moments of that, or at least I think more moments of that, but recognize that it is not going to be bliss just to use your word that you used before every second of the day. Like that's just not realistic it, it it doesn't even have to be realistic like it's okay to be just okay um and i think i think that we need to look at it in that way not in an okay like we're settling or and we're apathetic but in okay like in that moment you know ultimate bliss and joy we don't have to jump off the you know the side of the building to make everybody see us and be excited and you know we're flying and soaring like there's other levels of it right and there's simple ways and i think within some of that almost day to day going through not the epicness, there is a happiness within that, right? Because it's a very subtle thing, but 
I think the way we view it, most of us in that world is this big epic, the signs, the flashiness, the, you know, yes, we're both, he and I, I, I can see Robbie, as you know, I like to watch my guests, but we're both raising our arms and we're like soaring and jumping. Not that you can see that, but yeah. that's what we Dancing, think of. screaming out, joyful, you know, birds yeah. are flying, butterflies yeah, exactly. everywhere, rainbows. rainbows and unicorns and yeah, yeah. And you've won the race and you have the gold medal and you know, all of those epic things. So yeah, I think you're, you're right. Like, you know, I, I, I too, though, I don't want to minimize happiness in the world that, you know, is so ugh right, right. now, right. That right. looking for a little bit more is going to be beneficial, but, but also like the rec the recognition that every single day isn't, isn't going to be filled with one happy moment after the other. That's doesn't seem realistic to me. Maybe other people will will not agree with us, but I think yeah. that it's a little unrealistic um, for every second, as, as we know. Yeah, I agree. Also, one thing I was thinking about as you were saying that was, one, you can't see the light without darkness. Mm -hmm. Two, um, I think there's this resistance we place on the negative side of our lives which make it worse and to say like you know i how am i supposed to find bliss when i'm so mad well you're trying to find you're trying to find happiness in that moment you're not trying to be where you are mm. so you're making it worse and i'm saying you're as if i'm talking about somebody else i've done this i probably still do this this is something i want to work on but i think you can still find bliss or some version of that in your worst moments because you're not trying to make it your best moment because it's supposed <laughs> to be you're not supposed to fight it <laughs> right. right yeah oh my gosh we just yeah we definitely went down a little <laughs> a little spiritual rabbit hole there, but I love that. I love all of that because it's so, it's so true. You know, the, we want joy. And uh, one of my other podcasts that we had done in, in season one, and we talked about finding pockets of joy, right? And so we look at happiness and joy. And I think that that to me is part of it. Like every second isn't going to be happy and joyful, but there are pockets in those moments and it's savoring them. It's appreciating them. It's recognizing them, whether they're small, like, us getting to have a conversation today and seeing your face on the screen and spending time <laughs> versus like being at Ellis's wedding where we were all together and having this epic moment of happiness. Right. So there's so many yeah. layers and levels in between. Um, and, and each and every one is their own unique little pocket and experience. hundred percent. I really like your example too. Cause it's, <laughs> it's so telling. Cause I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. This is wonderful. And yeah. yeah, we also had an amazing time at Ellis's wedding. But oh my gosh. There is there's levels to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we get to go again. So this is airing a little bit later. This is airing in December for those listening. You're in December right now. But we by this time will have had our second big cousin family wedding and another Ooh. big moment of happiness. So I get to see Rob next week, which will be great because uh yeah, he doesn't live here. So we get to have these um, <laughs> moments of happiness together. But yeah, it's so cool. Um, I guess I'll ask my my one last question that I like to end each and every podcast with. And I think um, I'm going to enjoy this this one with you. So, you know, I know how you've been raised. You're a very kind human. Um, you, you're, you have grown into a really 
you know, thoughtful and respected person in the community, but also within our family and within your friend group. And I just have to ask, are you good not only and externally and taking care of all of us and your people and your, your work, but are you good at being your own best friend? I'm better than I've ever been. Okay, awesome. I I read a letter that I wrote myself recently Ooh. that I just found. Okay. And I was like, wow, thanks, man. That was really cool. I was like, I How old were you when you wrote it? Oh, this was like right before that 2020. Okay. So this was in my work. This will actually be really interesting. I have a journal. I just started writing morning pages. I was talk about self-care to bring it back. I was literally trying everything that I could to make myself feel better. I was, I was fighting what I was in and I don't know if maybe fighting is not necessarily the best word, but I was trying to make sense of it. Okay. Um, so I, at some point read something that talked about, actually, I think it's this book right here. There's this book called the artist's way mm. and it's julia cameron and she's the one who's a big proponent of the morning journal that's another thing i do i try to do i it's i've since adapted it it started with just journaling and just writing three pages worth of notes like you can see this but i would write like this was my first one ever actually but you just write yeah, that's a lot. So it's almost, yeah. yeah, it's almost like a form of meditation. I realized I didn't really have the time to spend doing that. So I cut it down to like one page. And I since now I'm really interested in music. So I'll actually translated that into writing song verses. So I'll just keep practicing. Okay. Um, but um, I actually got this from Tim Ferriss. Shout out to Tim Ferriss. This guy, that guy's a legend. Um <laughs> He encouraged that. Um, but yeah, I can actually read you a letter. And I think this will be kind of fun. Also letting people feel okay to do things like this. I'm, um, yeah. The, the I, don't, I don't necessarily like sharing. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's somewhat easier when you know it's only your voice and no one's actually seeing you. I don't know, at least for me. To me, doing a podcast is a lot easier than if people were watching me the whole time. And so like you and I having the conversation is easy, but maybe, maybe it'll uh, make it a little less terrifying. Yeah. I didn't, you know, it's good. I'm the kind of person who always needs to warm up to whatever I'm doing. Anything. Okay. I've realized that. And I used to be, I mean, you knew me. I've known you your kid. whole life. <laughs> you, you know, this more than most people. I was kind of quiet. Yeah. I wasn't, I was shy, definitely shy that's not gone. It's still there. It just, mm -hmm. I warm up more quickly. Um, so I think with this, even at the beginning, I probably felt a little apprehensive or like a little bit nervous, um, even just to talk, but I think I feel the same way about video now that yeah. I think about it. Also, I'd say I've like mild and active and people are like, how are you nervous? Like <laughs> I've been there. I'm always nervous. Always. I, I run towards those things. Now I recognize that at one point in my life where I'm like, there is so much on the other side of that, mm. whatever that feeling is. Also, I recognize that feeling is energy, not just nervous energy. Right. It depends on how I'm looking at it. Um, so what what am I doing? Am I going to use that energy or am I going to just dive in and go, no, I'm scared? Um, 
Even so, running a race as an athlete, right? That's like a performance. And like, of course you're scared at every race, especially in cross country where it's your time. It's like your specific time. It's not like a team effort. It's your time in that, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. The and there's moment. 800 people on each side and you're standing at a line and you have to run straight and hope you don't get trampled. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, I did a Easter egg hunt one time and same start, except I did get trampled. And oh. I just turned around and cried my way back to my parents. <laughs> like I still can't forget that, which is wild. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Terrified until the gun went off. Yeah. Always, every single time. Um, Okay. But yeah, I actually, I want to read this letter to okay. show you I, um, that I feel good about cultivating my relationship with myself. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm so <laughs> Not many of my guests come with, um, you know, proof that they <laughs> that they've been working on this and that it's going their way. <laughs> well, I'll be thankful to myself for not burning this the other night in the fire when I was trying to start a fire I had this notebook and I was ripping pages out and I didn't burn this so okay. I'm thankful there was a reason so, yeah so I'll read it to you um hi Robert I guess I call myself Robert <laughs> there's answer your question <laughs> <laughs> this is your past self writing to you to say thank you thank you for going through this journey of life and being adventurous Thank you for wanting more and consistently challenging yourself to defeat your fears. It is your grit and determination that led us here. Look at how free you are. Look at everything you've accomplished. You should be proud. You truly are capable of anything. I love you, Robert. <laughs> I haven't cried in this season yet, so I guess I would do. <laughs> I'll take that as a badge of honor. Oh my gosh, Rob, thank you for sharing that. It it's felt really good nice. to share. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share that. Yeah, I'm proud of you. You should be proud. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a lot of courage to even sit down and write it for yourself, let alone read it out loud to people who you have no idea who are going to listen. And uh, yeah. I hope it's helpful, truthfully. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um, I can't even thank you enough. This has been so fun to get to spend this time with you and learn, um, you know, about your journey and your practices. And we're definitely all still on the journey that that never ends for sure. We know that, but um, yeah, it's really nice oh, yeah. to see, to see and get to watch you grow over the years. Well, thank you for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure and I'm thankful to have you in my life. Thanks, and we get to do this together. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm just going to cry again. <laughs> <laughs>